Amen. Well, welcome, everybody. I want to start off by saying thank you to the veterans. We want to uh, recognize them today and every day because you know what? Uh, without their serving and, and, and giving and laying down their lives, we wouldn't be able to do the things that we do today. I take that very serious. So I am very thankful. So give them a, a, a applause there. Man, be sure to remember them throughout the day and throughout the year. But today we're going to be talking about relationships. And I love the songs that uh, Tanya selected this week. They just came around and just really uh, just embodied that. And one of the ones we're talking about, you and I got history with the Lord, you know. And, and I thought, man, how perfect is that? Because, you know, as we, we spend time with one another, we have a history. We, we invest a little bit in one another. And sometimes, you know, there's, there's times that people are in your life for a season and then they're gone. But you know what? During that season, do we have the opportunity to influence them for Christ? Do we have an opportunity to share the good news? And so uh, relationships are where we're going to start off with this. And we're also going to kind of incorporate some of the teaching from our Tuesday night Bible study. And I'll give you a little background on that. We really look at three different things when we're doing our Bible study the last few few months. Uh, it's really cool stuff. So I hope you guys can make it out. Uh, 7, 15, 7 o'clock to about 8.15 right here at Nine Cedar Road. But we talk about seeing things from the upper story, from God's perspective, in the lower story, from like what we see just happening every day. But I threw something else in. How about your story and the opportunities that God gives us? So we're going to kind of walk through a few relationships and things through the Bible and talk about that today. But sometimes, you know, it's kind of navigate, it's hard to navigate through some of the relationships we have. Can I get an amen? You know, they start out one way and they kind of, you know, morph around here. But the number one relationship that we want to continue to make sure that's always intact because that is the platform is our relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we put him first, just like we were praying this morning. Lord, strip away everything else. Let us come to your feet here today and boldly proclaim your word and your message. So, Lord, I, I'm just asking uh, again today, Lord, move me out of the way and just use the words that you have to fill us up today. So that we can be uh, just motivated in what God's going to show us. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But I, I wanted to jump in. And I'm going to give you our scripture here for today. It's in Ephesians 4 if you've got your Bibles. We're going to be uh, bouncing around a little bit. But this is in starting in verse 2 and 3. Okay, And it says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit. Binding yourself together with peace. Now, let me tell you, what would our relationships look like if we kept that on the forefront of our hearts? Wouldn't that be amazing? Now, some days are better than others. Can I get an amen? But if we can take this and put it in our heart and remember this, I think it's going to be all right. We're going to continue to go and, and ask God to walk in the fullness of the attributes on a daily basis of being humble and being gentle. That doesn't mean to be a floor mat. But it means to have the heart of Christ and, and allow him to work through us in these situations. And I know relationships are hard. I mean, everybody wants what they want, right? Everybody wants what they want when they want it. I want what I want when I want it. But ultimately, we should want what God wants. That's the adjustment we need to make. And, and, and it's daily. It's hourly, sometimes minutely. It's, it's, you know, that we need to, to say, Lord, what is it that you're teaching me? Lord, what is it that you want? And that, as we open our hearts to that, just like we were speaking last week, it's he, our first love. Think about that. How did your week look this week, this past week? Were you able to apply some of those teaching principles in your life about, you know what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And as we work on that, and look, it's a challenge, man. It's a challenge because we still got a lot of flesh left over, don't we? We like to do it our way. Anybody like to do it their way? Oh, yeah, man. I tell you, it's, it, anybody experienced people at work that like to do it their way? 
I hope nobody working with you. Your boss ain't tuning in today, is he? Oh, yeah, but I got quiet on that one. No, I don't know if he is or not. <laughs> but you know what? We should be the light. We need to be the ones to, to impact those for God's purpose as we go on. And I thought about this as we go through, again, like I said, I want to invite you guys out. Anytime you can come to the Tuesday night Bible study is always good. I'll give you a little background on how we've been doing the last couple of studies. We have a small movie clip that lasts about 15 to 18 minutes. And then we just go through and talk about a few questions. So don't feel like you, you oh, man, I, I didn't start when you all started or anything like that. You can jump in any time because I tell you, every week is something awesome and something that, man, maybe we just didn't think about before. And what I love is when I get to hear you guys to, to, to add your input and your experience, it really brings a lot of opportunities in my way to go, wow, that's so cool. I got to tell you a story here this morning, right out the chute. Denise said, come here, come here, come here. I was like, I'm loading the truck, I'm loading the truck. She says, you got to see this on the news. Was it on Fox, babe? Yeah, it was on Fox. And they had a guy there that had his x-rays and everything else there, and he had a, a big brain tumor. And he was talking. They were interviewing the guy, and I thought, it's so good, man, getting some good, getting some good word out there. I said, well, let's see what he's going to say. And a day before they were scheduled for the surgery, the Lord healed him totally. And he was quick to give the praise to Jesus. So, man, I tell you what, they got to hear about that. Give the Lord a hand clap for what he does. He is still in the healing business. So if you're struggling today, you're going through a difficult time, I just wanted to share that with you. And I love seeing that. That's the type of news I love hearing about. I like to hear about what our Savior is doing and how much he loves us. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump in and look at the opportunities that God gives us. Everybody doing good? Say amen. Now, I wanted to start out in the lower story, and I'm going to explain that again. The lower story is like what we might see, the, the, the average Joe Blow looking over the balcony of life going, man, this is what's going on. So I took a little bit of history, and I brought a few people in that maybe you all recognize, and maybe what people were seeing in their life at that time. How about Moses? At that time, they might have saw him, what, as a coward, as a murderer. We know the story. You know, he, he finds out that... You know that uh, they're, they're going against his people and he kills a guy. And he buries him. He hides out. And he, and he kind of you know, sneaks back. And all of a sudden they, they, they come there and they say, hey, you're the man. What's going on here? And we, we'll follow on through on that story. But the lower story looks like, how could God ever use that man? Right? How could God ever use that man? How about this? How about Rahab? The Bible talks about where she's a harlot, a prostitute. But look how God ended up using her. And we're going to unfold that in the next page. Look at this. Again, how about David? David got a, got a pretty rough resume himself, doesn't he? He's a shepherd boy and later an adulterer, murderer, liar, right? How about this? Joseph, the spoiled little brother. Man, but how did God use him? Let's keep on going. And then, of course, what were they saying about Mary? They were saying, well, man, maybe she's been unfaithful. You know, what is she doing? With, with a baby, with child. But there's good news coming, amen. The lower story is not always what God is seeing. God sees that, yes, but God is giving a better view to the big picture. Everybody doing good? Say amen. We're going to flip through this thing here, man. You guys are going to be the first in the buffet line, you know what? So the upper story, from God's perspective, this is what he saw. He saw Moses as a leader to set his people free. How many know that, that as you read through the scripture... Moses didn't speak real well, right? Matter of fact, Moses is like backing out. He goes, why don't you just send my brother, right? Have you ever felt like that when, when God's calling you a little bit or, or maybe we get kind of scared and God says, hey, I want you to do this. Hey, I, I got this for you to do. And we go, yeah, 
yeah, but we ought to get down. Why don't we get down? And I know it can be scary and overwhelming sometimes, but it'll be the best ride of your life. Because every Sunday that I come up here, man, I'm telling you, I say, Lord, hide me behind the cross. Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, I want them to see you. I know that the only reason that I have the privilege, the opportunity, and even the, 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 the if you want to call it nerve, or what I won't call it nerve, I'm going to say the joy to get up here and share is because of the joy of Christ and what he's done in my life and he wants to do in our, all, all of our lives. Again, what about Rahab? Man, ancestors of the Messiah. You know, you, you, how many people watch a few TV shows from time to time? You know, you see the affluent family, you know, they got the cars and they got this, and you think, surely the royalty is going to come through this line. But the Messiah didn't, did he? He came from everyday people searching and seeking after extraordinary God. That's us. Are you seeking after extraordinary God? Well, I love it when, when God does what he does through the ordinary guy's life because there's only one answer. It's Jesus, you know? And I tell you, as you walk with the Lord, you should be, and I pray we are, and I pray that we always are, quick to give God the praise. Let me tell you, when I watch that guy on TV, he wasn't saying, well, man, I tell you, I'm such a great prayer. This is what happened. He didn't say, oh, I gave so much in my church. This is what happened. He said, man, let me tell you what. The Lord delivered me through the power of prayer. And I want to encourage anybody that if you're not plugged into a church, you need to get plugged into the church. And he was just lifting up the Lord. And the girl was trying to say something. And he was just talking about the Lord. I said, bring it on, man. I was waiting for him to just, you know, you know cut and go to another channel or something like that. But, you know, today for just a few minutes, that man had a platform and he used it. I believe every day in some make or manner or fashion that God gives us a platform. Maybe it's when you're, when you're going through the door that you open the door for somebody. Maybe it's that, you know what, somebody needs a little loose change or something to, to pay for the groceries. Maybe it's somebody just needs to vent. Maybe it's your next door neighbor just needs to be encouraged. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you what. God has chosen to use you in that situation. Here's the question. Are you willing to be used? Can you think about this? What do you think your life looks like from the upper story? You know, a lot of times we get so wrapped around the lower story, we just go, man, I don't know. How in the world is God going to work this out? Have you ever been in a spot and you're going, I don't know how God's going to bring some good out of this. And I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes this side of heaven, we might not see it. But I'm going to tell you, it's amazing. You know what, just like this time we're, we're working with uh, the boxes for Christmas, uh, Operation Christmas Child. I was sharing some stuff with the guys at work, and I was showing some of the things that you guys are involved in. They thought, man, that is so cool. Play it again. I played a little clip. And some of the guys at work said, I can do that. I can do that. And they sent, they sent some stuff from work. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's awesome because maybe they wouldn't be exposed to that. But when they saw how something small in the hand of God turned so miraculous, man, you want to be a part of that. I know I want to be a part of that. And many, many times we go, wow. You know, the liar, the, the enemy comes in and says, man, God can't use you. You're too broken. God does his best work through broken people, doesn't he? Amen. Oh, man, I love it. Come on, let's keep on going. Well, David was a man after God's own heart, right? Because he was quick to repent. He owned up to it. He, quick, he was quick to repent and seek the Lord. And I tell you what, as we talk about relationships, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I know as a parent... Many times as I'm parenting now, I can hear my voice of my dad and my mom. You know, you want to watch the company you keep. You don't want to be influenced by them. You want to be the, in, the one that influences them from the Lord's perspective, from the upper story. Amen. 
But you know, let me tell you, a lot of times things can turn around and we can start drifting. We never drift on course. We drift off course. And I'm going to tell you what, that's why we need to be settling our life on the Lord Jesus. Let's look, look at a glance at the upper story from Joseph. Look at this. He was the one who would save the nation from famine. I bet you when little Joe was born, they didn't think about that. Y'all know the story? Oh, he's a bragger, man. Here he comes again. He's the favorite, man. No, we don't want to be around that cat. Come on. And then they turned around and sold him out. Sold him out. And years later, God still positioned him in places of great power and influence. And because Joseph was so faithful in those terrible times, God said, I could use that guy. Man, I want to be the guy that God says, you know what? I'm going to dust him off. I can use him. You want to be the girl that says, you know what? I, I, you know what? I can use her. Man, will you be available? Don't get to, so, your eyes so fo focused on the lower story that you don't consider the upper story. These are everyday folks with the extraordinary God. And, of course, Mary, the ideal mother for his son. Think about that. Man, I bet you when all that was unfolding, can you imagine being in any of those positions at any time? Each one of those positions took faith. It took a heart to be sold out for God. It took them saying, I'm going to set my own agenda to the side, and I'm going to trust God. Can't see the whole picture. Don't know the upper story. But I'm going to tell you what. Lord, if you'll use me in a lower story, man, I can't wait to see how the story ends. You know, you read a book from time to time. You want to flip through there, flip through there, flip through there to see how it ends maybe. And that's okay. But here's the thing. In between those chapters, in each of those chapters of our life, God is doing a work right here, right now. Maybe it's a chapter, man, it's kind of scary in your life. Maybe it's a, a, a chapter of desperation. Maybe you're riding high, man. Maybe things are good. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this. In each chapter of our life, Jesus is still Lord. Amen. In each chapter of our life, keep your eyes on the prize. Man. You know, it, things can change in an in a instant. Our health can change in an instant. It's, we're, we're, I really think we're really one phone call away from, from anything changing. You know, and most of the time when we're talking in this situation, usually it's not good. But you know what? There is some good phone calls that we get. There is some great things that God is, is doing. But the enemy wants to keep you blinded to that because he wants to keep you down on the lower story. Well, let me tell you, we're in the trenches, right? But let me tell you, that's where the work gets done. And God has chosen his plan to work through folks just like me and just like you so that the upper story becomes awesome. Awesome. Let's keep on rolling. Everybody doing good? Let me hear you say amen. We just get, we just get wound up. Because now we want to get to your story. Woo. And we're talking about relationships, right? So I want to know in your story and how you're living things out and, and when things happen in your life, here's the question. How do you respond to others? You know, how do you respond to others? What, what about that? Who's writing your story? Is it you or is it the Lord? Isn't that something? Who's writing your story? He said, well, it's my life. I'm going to do what I want. I can tell you from being in the ministry for 20 years and I sit down with people, I hear this a lot. It's my life. I'm not hurting nobody. <laughs> you lie. Because you've got people that love you, and when you make the bad decisions, it has a ripple effect. It has a big ripple effect. And I think so many times we think, well, it's just about us. Well, no, it's not. 
But what else does he say in here? I said in relationships, whether they're with your family and friends or foe, man, this week I want to challenge you to take note of your responses. How do you respond when things come up? You know, in your story, are you the one that, that influ- are you influenced by the deadlines that you got to do? The commitments that you signed up for? That you are so influenced by what you got to do and how it might be perceived that you miss God working in your big story. Now, that's, going, that's speaking to somebody. A lot of times it's speaking to me. I've been pre- preaching at places and, and everything else. I, I did a funeral a couple of years ago. And, man, I, I didn't feel like I was dragging or anything like that. But, man, it was a lot on my plate. We were running extra time at the tunnel. I said, I told my boss, I said, I got to go preach this funeral. He said, man, I need you. I said, I promised somebody I'm going to preach this funeral, but I got to go. He said, do what you got to do. I preached the funeral and go back to work, Right? And, and as I'm preaching the funeral, this lady that doesn't even know me, she said, do you got a minute? I go, yes, ma'am. She said, son, you did a really good job. I said, I appreciate that. I was leaning on the Lord. She said, can, can, can you come over here? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, honey, I was praying for you while you were preaching. The Lord told me you need to rest. You need to slow down. And she looked me in my face, and it was just like time just went, Ooh. You need to slow down. And I thought about it, and so many of y'all are gracious to tell me that because it's a balancing act. I don't always balance real well. I'm the guy that gets in the car and goes, oh, it'll do 100. <laughs> so I go to 105, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just, I, just, I, I kind of live like that. And so, and then when I'm not busy, I'm like. So I pray for balance. A balance is the thing that we all struggle with, I think, you know. But I want the Lord to balance it. And, and how I try to balance is, Lord, Tell me what to leave in and tell me what to leave out. Let me, let me tell you this. It's hard for me to get a hold of this, but I'm going I'm to help somebody with this. I'm probably preaching to myself. No is not a bad thing. No is not a bad thing sometimes. You can't go everywhere, be everything to everybody, you know, in your family or whatever like that. But I can tell you what. We can turn around and ask the Lord to reveal that to them that you are everybody. And when we start doing things in our own strength, it's so, so sad, isn't it? Because what happens is we get wore down and everybody else gets shorted. See, if I, if I just bring this message in, in just what Buddy can do, that's, it's only going to do so much. But man, if I get out of the way and the power of the Holy Spirit starts moving through us and I'm the vessel that God gets to use and you're the vessel that God gets to use and we go out into the highways and the, and, and the hedges and somebody goes, Woo! Them people been with Jesus. Anybody wake up? I didn't wake up my grandbaby, did I? Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's, that's good stuff, man. And that's what ultimately what we want. I don't believe that you got to be flipping cartwheels for Jesus or, or whatever. But I'll tell you what, always be willing to give an account of what God's done for you. Man, I tell you, I love to share what God's done in my life. I love to hear what God's done in other people's life. That testimony. But guess what? There's a test in the money. And let me tell you, man, I know that's an old saying, but it's so true. So how do we respond to others? Let's go back to what the scripture asked us about. Ephesians 2 says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. We just get, we just get wound up. Because now we want to get to your story. Woo. And we're talking about relationships, right? So I want to know in your story and how you're living things out and, and when things happen in your life, here's the question. How do you respond to others? You know, how do you respond to others? What, what about that? Who's writing your story? Is it you or is it the Lord? Isn't that something? Who's writing your story? He says, oh, it's my life. I'm going to do what I want. 
I can tell you from being in the ministry for 20 years and I sit down with people, I hear this a lot. It's my life. I'm not hurting nobody. <laughs> you lie. Because you got people that love you and when you make the bad decisions, it has a ripple effect. It has a big ripple effect. And I think so many times we think, well, it's just about us. Well, no, it's not. But what else does he say in here? I said in relationships, whether they're with your family and friends or foe, man, this week I want to challenge you to take note of your responses. How do you respond when things come up? You know, in your story, are you the one that, that influ, uh, are you influenced by the deadlines that you got to do? The commitments that you signed up for? That you are so influenced by what you got to do and how it might be perceived that you miss God working in your big story. Now, that's, going, that's speaking to somebody. A lot of times it's speaking to me. I've been pre preaching at places and, and everything else. I, I did a funeral a couple of years ago. And, man, I, I didn't feel like I was dragging or anything like that. But, man, it was a lot on my plate. We were running extra time at the tunnel. I said, I told my boss, I said, I got to go preach this funeral. He said, man, I need you. I said, I promised somebody I'm going to preach this funeral, but I got to go. He said, do what you got to do. I preach the funeral and go back to work, Right? And, and as I'm preaching the funeral, this lady that doesn't even know me, she said, do you got a minute? I go, yes, ma'am. She said, son, you did a really good job. I said, I appreciate that. I was leaning on the Lord. She said, can, can, can you come over here? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, honey, I was praying for you while you were preaching. Lord told me you need to rest. You need to slow down. And she looked me in my face, and it was just like time just went, ooh. You need to slow down. And I thought about it, and so many of y'all are gracious to tell me that because it's a balancing act. I don't always balance real well. I'm the guy that gets in the car and goes, oh, it'll do 100. <laughs> so I go to 105, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just, I, just, I, I kind of live like that. And so, and then when I'm not busy, I'm like. So I pray for balance. A balance is the thing that we all struggle with, I think, you know. But I want the Lord to balance that. And, and how I try to balance is, Lord, Tell me what to leave in and tell me what to leave out. Let me, let me tell you this. It's hard for me to get a hold of this, but I'm going I'm to help somebody with this. I'm probably preaching to myself. No is not a bad thing. No is not a bad thing sometimes. You can't go everywhere, be everything to everybody, you know, in your family or whatever like that. But I can tell you what. We can turn around and ask the Lord to reveal that to them that you are everybody. And when we start doing things in our own strength, it's so, so sad, isn't it? Because what happens is we get wore down and everybody else gets shorted. See, if I, if I just bring this message in, in just what Buddy can do, that's, that's only going to do so much. But man, if I get out of the way and the power of the Holy Spirit starts moving through us and I'm the vessel that God gets to use and you're the vessel that God gets to use and we go out into the highways and the, and, and the hedges and somebody goes, Woo! Them people been with Jesus. Anybody wake up? I didn't wake up my grandbaby, did I? Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's, that's good stuff, man. And that's what ultimately what we want. I don't believe that you got to be flipping cartwheels for Jesus or, or whatever. But I'll tell you what, always be willing to give an account of what God's done for you. Man, I tell you, I love to share what God's done in my life. I love to hear what God's done in other people's life. That testimony. But guess what? There's a test in the money. And let me tell you, man, I know that's an old saying, but it's so true. So how do we respond to others? Let's go back to what the scripture asked us about. In Ephesians 2 it says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. How many people do that every day? 
I was getting ready to lay hands on you and pray for you right there. How many people desire to do that every day? Lord, help us. We desire. We're a work in progress. Man, but think about that. Lord, help us. What, what, what would happen in those relationships if we humbled ourselves and dealt with others gently? Not being a pushover again. But what about the rest of the verse, man? Be patient with each other. Whew. I was on a job the other be. I can guarantee you what the guys at work would say at my, my work. Loud. <laughs> Loud. But what'd they say? Oh, he's patient. She's kind. She's faithful. He's genuine. I don't know. So I, I ask you this. Is your life filled with his love? If it is, you're going to be operating in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. So guess what? I need the, the, the love valve opened a little bit more in my life at times because I don't always have 
the peace and the patience and all that. I love to tell you, dude. Now, I will tell you, I got a whole lot more than I did 20 years ago. I don't look at things the same way as I did 20 years ago because I got Jesus now. And I pray a year from now I don't look at them the same way I do now because I want to grow in that grace, you know. Man, I tell you what, it's amazing. I, I thank God when we get there, I, I, I believe in my heart that he said, I give you children so you can see just a glimpse of how much I love you. You know, you love your babies, boy. You just love them. You want the best for them and everything else. I know it's going to be so hard for me to tell Addie no, but I'm going to have to put some in there sometime because I don't want her to just go off crazy. I'll just go get Papa to do it. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. So I got to balance that, right? Because you want to do stuff for them. You, you don't want them to, to go through tough times or hurt or anything like that. But the truth of the matter is, there's some things that we just can't learn without kind of walking on our own. I remember riding that bicycle, man. You, how many people could have had a two-wheel bike? I asked that because my mother never, never had a two-wheel bike. My mom never had a two-wheel bike. She's 89. I'm going to get her one. <laughs> Christmas is coming. <laughs> My sister's going, no, don't buy that for mom. <laughs> but, you know, I remember when I got mine. We went up to, to, to uh, what was that place there? Western Auto. I got a Mr. Buzz bike or something like that, man. And, hey, people were thinking back there because if you had the girl bike, you had the one that goes like this. If you had the boy bike, you had a piece of it. So it, it, was, it was, you know, interchangeable. So they said, you got a boy, you got a girl, you got a boy. Okay, he's screwing on the other piece right there. Yeah, purple, grapeple. Got that thing. Now, I'm going to tell you what. This thing didn't have air in the tires. It had the hard rubber tires. I'm going to tell you, well, you could pass a kidney stone riding that thing. <laughs> and the sprocket was like this. So if I wanted to go over there, I said, okay, I'm going to ride. <laughs> almost there. I'm almost there. <laughs> you know, everybody else had the 10 speed to go. Yeah. So I get on there, man. And I think everything I've ever done in my life, I've done it backwards. I could play the guitar before I could tune it. Stuff like that. It's like, man, woo, that sounds good. My buddy said, can you tune it? I said, no, can you? No. I knew it was sounded out after a while. I didn't know nothing about it. So I get my bike, and where we lived in the neighborhood, we had the sidewalk. So I, my dad said, just, just get over there. Don't get out in the road. You kill somebody. All right. He didn't say I'll kill myself. So you kill somebody. So I get out there. I got on that bike. And why is it the training wheels already have the kid like this? Have you ever noticed that? You're messing them up right out of the chute. So you're riding like this, and then you go over that little hump, and then you're really doing something. Because when I found out when I could pedal and it goes up like that, and I could do that, and put it back down, and go, oh, it was all over. It was all, I grew up in the, in the time when evil, evil Knievel was cool. Man, they would have so many lawsuits right now. They said, oh, you can do it. But I appreciate it. He always had an American flag on him, man. I'll tell you what, he was all about the country. But man, you know, I get on that bike. And I was like, okay, this is not working. Because you get going and you hit one of those humps and you're over here. You've seen him before and then that leg comes off over the side. You know, like that over here. You know what, our Christian walks like that sometimes. Early on, you know, we got, to, we got there, you got some brothers and sisters trying to speak it to you. Like, but there's a point that you got to pull them training wheels off, man. Go from the milk to the meat, right? So I remember there is one tree in our backyard. One and it's bigger now, but it's really small then. And my dad took the wheels off. I said, look now, look, I'm going to push you, and you just keep pedaling. Just keep pedaling. Just keep pedaling and looking forward. I got about three good pedals in, man. And I turned around and go, I got it. 
Boom! Right up on that tree, boy. I told you to watch where you're going. Let's do it again. I don't want to do it again. Get back on that bike. You're doing it again. That's why my dad named me Knothead. Because I got some knots on my head, boy. He goes, yes, he called me and said, where's Donna? Where's the dog? Where's your mama? Where's Knothead? Here, Dad. There you go. It was in love, I'm sure. But I'm getting to those things and those relationships and our story with love and different things like that. We got to have the balance. And we need to grow in our relationships and, and, and ask the Lord, Lord, help us to take those training wheels off and, and, and look at what's going on. But a lot of times we want to look back at our past and say, hey, I can't move forward, right? Think about that. What did God do with your past? Think about it. Does he bring it up all the time? Because if that's coming up all the time, that's not from the Lord. If you're a believer in Christ and you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you ask him to forgive your sin, what, what will he do? He'll forgive them, Right? He separates them far the east is from the west. He bears them to see a forgetfulness. Usually who brings them up is you or the enemy, right? And I tell you what, that will paralyze people. But if you get the truth of this, it'll be freeing. It'll set you free. Now, I'm going to tell you what, forgiveness is something I think I could preach on every week, every day. And I often say this about forgiveness. When you forgive somebody, that does not mean that you agree with the offense. It means that you agree that you will no longer let that hold you to that situation. Okay? You can forgive people. And, and, and we want God to restore that relationship. I'm never taking any uh, weight out of the magnitude of some of the hurt that, that, that's been caused. But I'm going to tell you what. It will continue to cause you more hurt if you don't approach it the way God wants us to approach it. And he will bring the remedy. And he will bring the restoration because we got to center our life on God. Amen. So what I want to talk about a little bit here just for a minute. Why do we continue to look in the past? Because you know what? We believe the lie. If we keep opening that book, we keep opening on this book and looking at God's word. Man, you got to move forward. I want to get to the next page. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. I like that. There's no for, therefore no condemnation for those in Jesus. I like that. Now, I'm not talking about picking and choosing your Bible verses. I'm talking about in, inserting yourself and looking at who you are. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When I call on the name of Jesus for the death, burial, resurrection, and what is done in my life and your life and what's available to us, guess what? He sets us in the family. He sets us in the family. That's amazing, man. And what does that do? That gives us total access to the Lord. God wants to take care of your past so that you can walk in the great future. Look at this. The rest of that verse says, Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Do we really make every effort to bring unity? Just for a second, think about in your family. Just for a second, think about in your workplace, with your friends. Are you the one that tries to make every effort of bringing unity. What do they say? Major on the majors, minor on the minors. I'm not telling anybody to turn around and just be sitting on the sidelines of life and getting stomped on. But I'm going to tell you what. I believe this will lower your blood pressure by about 15 points if you apply this right here. Let me tell you. Because there's so little that we can control anyway. 
but I can control the way I respond to things. And here's the thing. As I'm leaning on the Lord, He's going to help me respond like Him. But if I don't have that book open, if I'm not spending time with Him, and I'm not, if I'm not trusting God with these steps in my life, man, it's, going to, it's not going to make things better. It's going to make things bitter, isn't it? Anybody ever been passed over on a job? Everybody, anybody, anybody ever been done wrong? Have you ever thought this was going to be yours and it wasn't yours? Or, or maybe you thought that, you know, you're just being misunderstood. All those things. Guess what? Jesus dealt with that. So why not go to somebody that went through that, overcame that, and gives you the victory? Ask them about it. Why does misery love so much company? You mean that? I very seldom talk about work when I come home. Really don't. I've already given them eight hours. And I like my job. And I appreciate that. And there's some tough times of jobs and everything. I'm not giving them any more. How many people give them a little bit more? You get home, well, I'm just going to talk about it a little bit. Okay, you can wind down. Okay, you get off at four. Okay, five o'clock, you ought to be done. Six o'clock, you're still unwinding. Seven o'clock, you wind. Now you done cranked yourself up, called three people at the office to tell them about how you feel and you can't believe they did this. And now your story ain't looking too peaceful, is it? Because you rehearse the hurt, rehearse the hurt, rehearse the hurt, pull the scab off, rehearse the hurt, rehearse the hurt. Oh, I can't believe it. And then you've got all this stuff on your mind. You go, I got to get to bed. And the enemy goes, Woo, I want to ride them tonight. Yeah. Guess what's going to happen tomorrow? Boy, they're going to start all over again. You go, Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, if they say this, I'm going to say this. And if they say that, I'm going to do this. And, and you come in the next morning, and nobody else is even thinking about it. And they go, Hey, how you doing? What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> you come back in and lip all puckered up. What, what, what do you mean by that? Good morning. Yeah. And so you didn't sleep. The devil just rode your back all night. There's no peace and joy. And we definitely ain't promoting unity, right? Just let it ride. Just let it ride. I'm preaching to me too because sometimes I have to be reminded, you know? And I know I, I want to kind of stay there for a minute because guess what? That happens to every one of us, whether it's at work, whether in a relationship or whatever. Man, don't let the enemy steal your joy. So let's keep on going here a little bit. Let's go back and share a few more things. This is where we're going to start really digging in. Through all those things, through the lower story and the upper story and then your story, God starts giving us opportunities to grow in those relationships, right? Look at this. So look at this. What frames the tone of your relationships? When I was rocking and rolling, most everything I dealt with was rocking and rolling. It was something to do with that because that's what I did. I, I saturated myself with that. I talked to band people. I talked to music people. I talked to club owner people. That's what I dealt with all the time. And so then I started walking with the Lord. And I, I dealt with church people. Is that what they call them on the outside? Is that what we are, church people? You know? But guess what? The Lord showed me I need to operate with all people, all types of stuff. Man, I was, went to get something to eat yesterday. I was looking for my breakfast buddy. One of my friends I eat with about every week down at Fertitta's, and I was like, where's Adrian? He said, well, you ain't seen him. I said, man, I'll eat. I had to eat by myself. I saw a few more folks. Went, where's he at? I sent him a note. I said, hey, man, where you at? He said, at the movies. That's an early movie. But what I'm saying is this. I purposely go to build new relationships in places that maybe, or, or that, that I wouldn't. Because you know what? I want to bring unity to that situation. I'm going to bring Jesus into the situation regardless where we're at. You know what? Before I left, guess what? Got to talk about 10 more people yesterday. 
I'm talking to 10 more people. You got to see what's going on. Hey, what time's the church service? What's going on? Things like that. It was an opportunity that the Lord set before me. Even though I didn't get to hang out with my buddy, God brought other people in my life that I could still witness to, minister to, talk to. But see, a lot of times we get in that little box and we're so busy. I want to talk to the busyness of our life and our schedule. And I'm preaching to me first, right? So there's opportunities in relationships. Look at this. And I'll tell you what, how often does this happen? A negative attitude can drain your heart of its joy. It keeps all the focus on what is wrong and binds us to, from things to, to see the right. Don't let that root take evil. That evil root take hold. Right? Man, what frames the tone of your relationships? When I'm talking about tone, when you come into a relationship, do, they, do people already start heading for the door when they see you? You got some folks sometimes, they go, oh, here it comes, right? Because when they come, they're going to bring all their problems, everything else, and you just talk to them about it last week, and you talk about it again, and then they start again, and you go, here, and you go oh, here they come. Here they come, right? And there's nothing wrong with talking to folks and bouncing a few things off of them. But I'm talking about when you've given somebody some godly counsel, and you get back with them, you ask them, have you applied that? Well, I'm going to. Oh. It's still the same thing. We're applying God's word to this situation. What's going on? But so many times, they, we just keep on swimming upstream, man. And I just don't think we need to. Let's keep on going here. How often do you stretch beyond your comfort zone? Woo! Come on now. Come on now. I used to have a comfort zone. My comfort zone is getting way stretched out now. I mean, it's like a pair of drawers you had since you were young. Just stretched out. I'm talking about that. I thought that meant, I mean, telling you, it's stretched out there. I don't care where I go. I don't really care. I don't care. And Denise, sometimes she goes, and I, I probably got to, I, I got to work that balance. Because I'll be helping people and they don't even want help. <laughs> Denise's like, leave them alone. I said, I was just helping them. They didn't ask you to help. I said, all right. Come back over here. You know? <laughs> it's crazy. But you see a need and you're like, well, well I'll, I'll be glad to help you. I'll be glad to help you. And, and here's the thing. I'm finding out that, that I don't need to be the answer to everybody's need, but you know what? I know who is. I'll tell you what, man, I, I might have shared this before, but it just popped in my mind. My buddy Earl, we had a mattress business. We, we, we did uh, all the mattress uh, discounter deliveries for about six and a half years, every Tuesday, every Thursday, and every Saturday. Let me tell you, I've been in more houses than I don't know what, and always got a bed on your back. I've seen some crazy stuff. I've seen some amazing things, man. It is something I could, I could write a book on that by itself. But one that sticks in my mind about being helpful, and I'm sure something, I got some new faces I'm going to share. I'll never forget. Now, Earl, y'all seen my, my buddy Earl. He's, he's, a, he's a jolly fellow. He's a good-sized fellow. He's about 6'6", six, six, whatever the number is. I ain't even going there. But I'm going to tell you, I love him in the Lord, man. I love him like a, like a brother. He looked like a refrigerator with a crock pot on top. I mean, he's big, man. He is big. I'm just kidding, baby. I'm just kidding. I tell him that all the time. I tell him. And so he's got, you know, them boxes that we just put on there? That's like his shoe. And so we had this business, and, and I'd carry stuff, in it, and they used to say, uh, is your little friend going to help you? I'm like, little friend? But compared to Earl, I look like a spot on it, right? So we're, we're, we're moving stuff, all this stuff, and I'll never forget. We were down, we, I, man, I remember the house. We were right down there on, uh, uh, down in Fox Hill, right past the Zooms. And there's an older couple there, and the older man had his oxygen and everything else. And he's going out, and, and he reminded me of my dad, you got to be right in the middle. And Earl said, yeah, and Earl, he hears about as good as I did. What? Hey, what? The guy's talking to him. So anyway, we get him there, go back. I'm coming. I, I, I always did the paperwork. Got the clipboard, got him to sign. 
And I heard Earl say, what's that, sir? I couldn't understand you, sir. Oh, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I said, what'd he say? He said, I was standing on his airline. <laughs> I am not kidding. I am not kidding. So he went back there, and Earl was making the bed and fixing it all up. I'm getting the paperwork. Well, Earl was standing on the man's oxygen line. I mean, he's got a, man, he's got the Sasquatch booty on there. Like that. And he's in there like that, and, he's going, and the guy's going, I couldn't make that out, sir. You're on my airline, right? Sometimes we just try to help too much, don't we? I got another mattress story just because I got, I got to tell you. I, I'll share. Because it's about relationships. You want to stretch beyond your comfort zone? We used to try to get certain deliveries in certain areas at certain times. All right? We go to East End and stuff. We want to do that early. All right? Because we're coming down there. got two long-haired guys down there. You, you can find us easy, right? They're out there. We're rolling around there. So we go. We, we went through all this. And man, under one. This is before any GPS stuff. Man, my buddy. My buddy was a meter reader. So he knew. He said, go up here. There's going to be a black dog in an old boat. Turn left. Go back. He'd been in every backyard. He knew where we were going. So anyway, we get down. We go, oh, man. It's getting dark. And we got to go back down there, man. We don't, we don't need to go down. And at that time, we used to pick up some money and stuff. Now, you can't do this now. I don't I think the... What is the what is the statute of limitations is probably passed on this, right? I know a guy. How about that? I know a guy. Anyway, so I had my jean jacket. And so I used to keep a gun in my jean jacket. So we'd go, we'd get money, everything else. And so we go down there and we had to, we called the boss and said, Hey, can we do this delivery Saturday? He goes, dude, that's got to go today. No, we know we don't want to go down there. Man. So guess what? We went down there. So we got all the mattresses tied on the back of the bed, uh, on the back of the bed of my truck and everything else. And we go up there, and this lady said, oh, come on in. Come on in. And we're looking around because we're in this apartment complex and everything like this. And it seemed like a nice place. But I started noticing everybody was coming. When we come in the neighborhood, they were going like, hey, hey, what's in the truck, right? What's going on? So we get in there, and she got a day bed. The day bed takes long to put together. I was like, man, we got to go, man. We got to get out of here. And she was looking at me. She said, hey. Get away from that truck. I know your mama. Get away from there. I said, what are they doing? And she said, they're looking at your truck. I said, oh, my goodness. So I turned around. I said, man, we got to hurry up. We got to hurry up. So I threw my jacket down, and I started working it, and my gun fell out on the woman's floor. Ba-bam, ba-bam. I said, I'm going to lose my job. She's like, baby, your piece fell out. Get away from that truck. I said, yes, ma'am. Comfort zone. Beyond, beyond the comfort zone, man. I am not kidding, man. I am not kidding. Go to move stuff later. There was one lady, but she wanted us to keep coming back. She was making cookies and stuff. My mattress don't feel good. I don't know. I lost my husband and everything else. I just love company and everything else. Move the stuff. Had a 45 under the pillow. Oh, is this yours? Oh, yeah, honey. You never know. Okay. I'm telling you, man, it, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. Met some, met some crazy folks. So I say all that to laugh and joke a little bit, true story. But man, that's out of the comfort zone. When I signed up to that, I said, uh, we'll be willing to take gun in the house. We'll be, they didn't say anything like, all you got to do is take the mattress up there, drop it off. Piece of cake. Took a mattress one time, and, and uh, it really wasn't much to it. And we went to, to an area, and, and I know the folks didn't have much. And I was complaining. Just bought a new truck. Had two sets of keys to keep one in my pocket, keep the car on, air conditioning blowing, everything else, so we can get back and be cool when we got in there. I said, man, I can't believe this. And we go in, and there was a, a, 
a special needs gentleman come down. He was very, very excited about this little bed that his mother had saved up and got him. And I carried it up with one hand. And I'm complaining about where I had to park. And I'm complaining about, man, I hadn't been home in 10 hours and blah, 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 blah. All this stuff's going on. And I come up the steps. And a young guy said, man, I wish I was strong like you. Whoo! Humbling. I wish I could do that. You did that with one arm. And I felt about that big. Because all I was seeing is my story. I was seeing the lower story where I had to do this and I had to do this and all that. They had saved up to get what they had. It waiting, waiting and waiting to get that. And in that moment, I thought, man, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? I, let me tell you, that's probably been 20 years ago. I can see that happening just as good as anything. But through those times, God uses those lower stories and those little stories like that to remind us, you know what? There is an upper story. There's an upper story. And I tell you what, God has no problem showing us where we need to be humble sometimes. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. How about this? See your value and their values from Christ's view. See, a lot of times if they don't look like us, talk like us, react like us, whatever the deal is, we don't seem to see people's value. When people get to a certain age sometimes, they, they, they want to write folks off as, as they get senior and stuff. Like, I, I, don't, I got a problem with that. You know? Here's something else. A lot of times folks think young folks are not hearing the message. Let me tell you. Both of my boys got saved before they were six years old. Before they were six. Thomas was five and Jesse was six. That's a praise. And I don't know about you, I'd rather get the word of the Lord in them early because the volume of the world keeps getting louder and louder and louder. So it excites my heart when I see young folks coming and getting the word. It excites my heart when I see any folks coming and getting the word. Amen. Let's keep on going. Man, live with purpose each day. How often do we live with that purpose? You say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. Seek the Lord about it. He's given you 24 hours today. We hope the full day. We wake up in the morning. How can I make a difference today for the kingdom of God? How can I encourage somebody today? Can I leave this place a little bit better because of what I said or what I did or how I responded today than if I don't? Bring some positive into it, you know? And, and, and you know, that's, that, that, think about this. You know, we walk and talk and go through these things. But you know what? A lot of times I see this. We're always going to do stuff tomorrow. I had a guy ask me something. He says, a uh, guy I played music with. And the guy said, hey, what ever happened to your buddy? Such and such, such, such. I said, oh, yeah, I see him from time to time. He said, what did, what did he ever do? I mean, he was really good. The guy was, he could do this and he could do this and do this. And I thought about this guy and I liked it. I love this guy, man. He's a great guy. And this particular guy, and we can all find a piece of this in our life. He wanted everything just perfect before he took the next step. You know what happened? You don't get too far like that. We've had the privilege to do four CDs. We've got enough music to do a couple more, and the Lord's opened up some doors on that. I can tell you, when I listen to the first CD, I go, ooh, I wish I'd have done that a little different. Or the second CD, because we're growing, we're growing. But what the Lord reminds me of this, you didn't do the first CD fourth, you did the first CD first. What did you learn? And step out. So when we finish one of those CDs and we send them off and have them pressed, I pray over them and we pray over them and say, Lord, this is the very best that we can do at this point. Lord, touch it and make it so much more. 
I can promise you that I've never had anybody come in here and say, you know what, I got saved today if y'all had a bass player. You know? <laughs> I've never heard that. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you what, man, I, I'd just give my life to the Lord today if you sang better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sorry. You know? See, you're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at the lower story. Look at the upper story. God chooses to, 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 to give us opportunity to live with a purpose. And here's something else I want to share with you today. Just because you can do 10 things, that doesn't mean God wants you to do all 10. Because if you do all 10, maybe you're missing out for somebody else to have an opportunity to do one of those things. Did that come out right? You see what I'm saying? No, I'll do it. I'll get it. Let me do it. I'll do it. I'll get it. And somebody's over here saying, man, I just would like to use my gift. But you barrel them over and you never give them an opportunity to get, use their gift. Man, I don't, want, I don't want to be a gift stopper. I want to be a gold puller out. Or I want to say, hey, look, man, you know, what can I do to come alongside to help with that? Now, there's instances you got to have stuff done and, and now, 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 now. But sometimes I step back and go, well, well, man, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I want to give them an opportunity. And sometimes we're just blind to it. You don't, you're not trying to, but you get blind to it because you get, you get focused on we got to get this done. we got to get this done. And I believe that that's going to speak to our hearts today. So here we go. Look at this. You have to choose to be used. That'll preach by itself. There you go. Tell them, baby. You got to choose to be used. You can turn around and say, hey, look, well, I, you know, maybe I could do that tomorrow. Maybe I can do that next week. Well, you know, I, I'm not really good at that area. I'm not. Well, I, we got all these excuses to just say, you know what? Let me tell you what I can do. Let me tell you what I can do. You know, hey, just somebody say, hey, you know what? If you guys got something going on, maybe I can help with that. When we were on one of our mission trips, man, there was a guy named Billy. Billy, a good guy. Soft-spoken guy, fireman. Get up every morning, fix the coffee, fix the breakfast, everything. We're staying out there for a week or so. And Utah and Arizona went both times. And we get up and sit on the porch, man, before the sun come up. And he told me, he says, I'm not the guy that's going to be out front preaching. And I'm not the guy that's going to be playing the music. But I'll be your shovel, man. I can be the broom, man. I can be the helper. Oh, man. That guy would serve in any capacity to this day, still does. Man, what a blessing. One day, the air conditioner went out in my mom's house. Now, we, we live in high on the hall because we got like about a 12,000 BTU window unit over there, baby. Mode control. Well, she went down. And I can't leave my mom in a hot house, right? And she ain't going to come to my house. I'm panicking. I said, man, everybody had something going on. Everybody had something going on. And I'm one of those guys that really don't like to ask for help, but I'm not, not too proud to ask for help. But if I ask it, it's because I've exhausted all different things. And I was like, Lord, I need some help with this thing. I cannot do this. Everybody, it just seemed like everybody had something going. And out of the blue, guess who called me? My shovel man. My buddy. He didn't call me all the time. He goes, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm trying to get this window. See, it, it's not just like plugging. I had to cut the whole window out, the plexiglass, put it in there. All, it, it was a job, man. He said, you going over to your mama's house? I said, yeah. I said, where are you at? I said, I'm buying this air conditioning. He said, I'll beat you there. When I pulled in, he was there. He stayed all day long. He did everything else. Tried to pay the guy and made him mad. You know, he's like, uh, what are you doing? I said, man, I just want to tell you, I appreciate you. That ain't no good here. Man, the reason I say that, 
He chose to be used. He didn't have to be in the front row, but I'm going to tell you what. He was in the front row that day. That might sound real simple, but man, I'm telling you what. I needed that help. I needed that guy in that moment, and he was there. How often do we think that, that our gift or our job is not that important? Let me tell you what. Being available is an amazing thing. And I tell you what, don't, don't turn around and say, well, I'll get it tomorrow because you know what? God's got something in our relationships today that we can be used in. I'm going to bring this on home here. I'm going to bring this back. So when we look at this here, I'm going to read it again. Ephesians 4 says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together in peace. Here's the bottom line. In every relationship, Lord, give us the eyes of Christ. Give us the eyes of Christ. And it's hard. It's hard sometimes. Because we got family. We got friends. We got foes. And here's sometimes we got fools. And sometimes I'm one of them. You know? We do. Family, friends, foes, and fools, man. We got a little bit of everything. We, because you know what? We, we act like we just, you know, we got it all under control and we don't. But here's just the fact of the matter, man. What truly matters is, is our life centered on a relationship with Christ. If our life is centered on a relationship with Christ and our heart's moldable and our eyes are open and our ears are open, I believe that God will show us how to respond at those times. How to, do you know a lot of times when I go to to meet with people in, in tough situations, I go, Lord, help me to listen well and to guard my, my, my words. Because I tell you what, many times, it's not what you say, it's just being there. It's just listening. Because a lot of times people already got the answer, but they're so confused, they're so beat up by the world, and so beat up of the woulda, shoulda, couldas, and, and the unforgiveness, and all those things in their life, they can't even see straight. Man, be that person that can listen. Be that person that can encourage. Be that person in that relationship that seeks to build up and not tear down. I don't know about you guys, but in my life, when I, when I crash and burn, I pretty much got it figured out that I blew it. I need somebody to help me. How do I pick up the pieces? How do I pick up the pieces? You know, you look at different things. You, people tell you, this is how you make all the money. Okay, well, tell me how to get out of debt. You know? Well, this is, what, this is how your, your, your relationship's supposed to work. Well, guess what? It's over here in the gutter. How do we get from there to here? And I can tell you the answer to each one of those things. Seek the Lord. Spend more time with God. It might not roll out the way you want it at the time you want it and everything else, but you will never, ever, ever, and I've never, never talked to anybody that's a believer in Christ to answer any different than this. You can never outgive God And you can never be in a position where you can spend too much time with God. Amen? Because you know what I'm counting on? I'm counting on the finished work of the cross to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. How about you? Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for the relationship that we have with you because of your son Jesus. And Lord, if, you, if they're listening today and they've never grabbed hold of that today, they've never put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray today is the day, Lord. If you're sitting here and you're saved, we praying for the person next to you. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But I'm asking you today, Lord, to take this message 
and touch the hearts of those people that are listening today. Maybe it'll be later on, those that are here today. And as I ask this question, I pray that they honestly answer this question for you, not for me, but for themselves and for you. If you die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? And I could tell you most of the time I hear maybe so, I hope so, or yes, because I'm a good guy. But we know that, that is not the gospel. The gospel is this, that because of the fall of man, all of us had sin in our life. We're born into sin. We sin because we were born into sin. We are sinners. The Bible tells us this, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God loves us so much that there was a sacrifice that had to be made to purchase us out of our sin debt. God is awesome. He's holy. He's perfect. He cannot be around sin. So in order to buy us back out of our sinful state, there had to be a sacrifice. There had to be, there was a demand to be paid for sin. And sin, the wages of sin is death. So the Lord Jesus came and lived a life with no sin. And he pointed to the heavenly father. And he came as that sacrifice and poured out his blood and died on that cross and was buried in a tomb. But on the third day, he rose. And he sits beside our Heavenly Father in the right-hand place of honor. And he is the one that's made a way for us to be able to come to heaven. And because of that great sacrifice, when we call on the name of Jesus, when we say, Lord, forgive me of my sin, Lord, I believe you're the Son of God. Lord, today, with everything I have and all I believe, I trust in you. Save me, Jesus. The Bible says that he will come into your life and seal you. And that doesn't mean that you'll never have a bad day, but I tell you what, it means that you'll never go through it alone. And it means in this, that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And I pray today you grab a hold of that promise. I pray today that you let the Lord deal with your past so that you can have an eternal future with him. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys are listening here and got any questions about anything going on, give us a call. Man, drop us a line. We love you. Pass the message on. Have a great day. Happy Veterans Day. Amen.